0: Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us, and welcome to another episode of the 4GEN podcast, The Missing Piece. That's right. We even have a name now. Thank you, Brendan Murata, for that. And on today's episode, we have our 4 very own Nathanael Ajaj. And despite being 19 years old, uh, Nathanael speaks three languages, Hebrew, French, and English. And today he's going to be talking to us about his experience of circumcision, um, his therapy after that, and his experience since then of volunteering at Forgin as both a translation officer and lead moderator. So, Nathanael, uh, let's start with your experience of circumcision, of how you came to be circumcised after first um, not being circumcised when you were born.
1: So, as you said, I wasn't circumcised as, at birth, I was born in France. in France, so although my dad was Jewish, he chose not to circumcise me because he believed in, that, that I had the right to choose for myself later, when, later in life. So I wasn't circumcised at birth, and my second brother wasn't circumcised also. But then, sadly, he, he died. He drowned in my grandparents' pond. So my father was de- devastated. He wanted to bury him in a Jewish cemetery. And the Jewish community de- didn't allow him to because his son was not circumcised. So what he had to do was to circumcise the, the corpse of his son. And it was really a tragic event for both him and my mother. So together they decided that from now on they would circumcise their sons because they didn't they? Didn't want to? They didn't want circumcision to be a, a sad thing ever again. It was supposed to be happy and make the boys join the join the religion. It wasn't supposed to be a tragic event where you uh, cut your your corpses. You when you cut your son's corpse. So. So they changed, they changed their minds about circumcision. And then they decided that they wanted to immigrate to Israel. So I was still not circumcised and I was happy with my body. But soon after arriving here, I realized that everyone here was circumcised. In France, not everyone I knew wasn't circumcised, but now everyone was and my mother wanted to marry my dad, according to Jewish tradition. And in order to do so, the, the religious people told her that she, that she needed to, herself to convert to Judaism. But they would only allow her conversion if all of her children converted as well. So for my, for my later brothers and sisters, my later brothers had been circumcised at birth. So that was less of a problem. My sisters didn't have to do much ex- except uh, to do a tabula. Uh but I needed to undergo circumcision. And the way I was presented it at the time, I was about eleven, twelve. Was was that if I if I didn't uh, agree to be circumcised, then my mother and father couldn't couldn't marry, and I knew that that was something that really mattered to them. So uh, against my will, I I agreed to circumcision.
0: So after uh, consenting to being circumcised, which we know you can't really consent if you don't actually know the risks of the procedure, don't really understand it if you're 11 years old and you're under all this pressure, Um, but obviously now you are quite against it. You are looking for a solution to circumcision. So how did you come to this point from that?
1: Mm -hmm. So as you said, at at such a young age, I don't think I I could really give consent. I also wasn't presented with uh, any downsides of circumcision, only alleged benefits. So I immediately At first, when I went into the operation room, I immediately started crying, and I was crying also when I woke up. And I immediately I knew that I immediately regretted what I had done, but I told myself that since I had agreed that that is something I had wanted, and maybe it's just the drugs were making me cry, so I pushed the thought aside. And when uh, a few weeks later, when when I was a, a bit more healed and I still wasn't happy with, uh, with my circumcision, I just uh, lied to myself for uh, a few years and I really believed my lie in that I wanted to be circumcised and that I was happy with the circ- circumcision. So I never really was for circumcision. I agreed, it, I agreed to do it on myself, but I w- was never really pro-circumcision.
0: Right, and then um, finally, um, from what you said before, you kind of had this physical experience of just not, as well as psychological experience um, of just not liking being in your body, of not of being depressed. Um, but let's first go into like the physical side of that. So, um, what was what, what was the physical kind of experience of uh, being in your body and just the discomfort or how did, how did that feel and how did um, that affect you?
1: The first difference I felt was that I, uh, I felt a a lot more exposed when I, when I wasn't circumcised, the my foreskin would always cover my glands unless I retracted it. And now my glands was constantly 24 seven was constantly exposed. So that, that felt weird and uncomfortable and every time uh, fabric would rub against it or I would scratch my nails on it, it would be, it would hurt and I had nothing to protect myself with. So that felt really bad.
0: And then um, was there any, uh, I know Myself, I've always been curious and a lot of, I think, circumcised men who are circumcised at birth wonder, like, is there a, a difference in sen- sensitivity that you've noticed um, or a reduction of sensitivity?
1: Yes. For, yes. For me, it's less about the decreased sensitivity. There, There is this decreased sensitivity, but uh, after, uh, after a few years, it's not like... Uh, an penis that isn't circumcised can feel amazing, and a penis that is uh, circumcised feels terribly bad. For me, at least, that's not the case. Uh, what is different is that if before I felt, uh, I could feel very slight, uh, very slight, slight changes, slight changes in temperature, just a very slight uh, touch. Uh, when I I like to take bath because I could almost uh, feel the texture of the water, if that if that's anything. Uh, after circumcision, that feeling was gone. Uh, so those feelings were gone, but it's uh, slowly my body adapted, and the the 100% I felt before is now back to to 100. It's just a different 100% of uh, of feelings so if before uh, what felt more pleasurable were, were uh, very slight touches or uh, slight slight movements now it's uh, it needs to be more pronounced and exaggerated to to feel the same
0: so it sounds like it affected both of your sensitivity and kind of made it so that it takes more Um, more stimulation to feel the same amount of pleasure as well as it just feels really uncomfortable when uh, your glands rubbing up against your, your underwear, whatnot, or towel. And um, Mm -hmm. it's just not meant to do that. Um, And so that's um, one side I want to acknowledge, but I also think it's really important to focus on the psychological side of it. i Got my degree in psychology, and, um, and I think a lot of men aren't aware how important it is to get emotional help for it, as well as uh, physical help, as we're hoping to do with 4Gen. Um, so, uh, really, uh, I'm happy to hear from past conversations that you have had therapeutic help. So, um, could you tell us a little bit more about that, and just go through your kind of therapeutic journey?
1: Yes. So when I was about 14 years of age, my parents sent me to a to a psychologist because I didn't feel great. I always felt bad. My grades were dropping at school uh, before I always liked to go to school. So, so they were surprised. And I didn't feel safe with the uh, physically i felt safe but i didn't feel i didn't feel safe to open up to to my psychologist about anything i a few times i gave her opinions i knew she would dis- disagree with and every time she tried to convince me that her opinions were better than mine instead of listening to what i had to say and maybe open up a debate about it so i didn't feel like i could really open up to her and I wasn't, uh, at the time, myself 100% sure what I felt uh, about circumcision. I know I, f- I felt bad about it, but I still wasn't. I, I was keep uh, I was keeping lying to myself, so I still wasn't not sure if I was for it, against it, what my thoughts were on the matter. So I stopped seeing her, and it's only recently that I saw a second psychologist and she was actually much better. She would listen to me without saying anything. If if my opinions were different than hers, then she would agree to disagree or maybe try to understand why my opinions were different. But she didn't pressure me in, in any way to change my opinions. So So that was nice. She also didn't expect anything from me other than to she didn't she didn't even expect for me to go see her if I wanted to get better, I could go see her and she would be happy to help so I felt much safer safer with her and after opening up a, a bit and testing the waters i I wrote six about six pages on uh on a notebook um about the whole story of my circumcision—that I, how I was born, not circumcised, how I came here, and got circumcised because of the marriage of my parents—and I felt really afraid to open up to her about it. So I asked her, I asked her to go in a separate room to read the letter, and uh, if she wanted to come back, then we could talk about it. So she went out for maybe fifteen minutes, maybe uh, maybe a bit more, and while she was gone I, well, I kept wanting to to just go and to never see her again. I was really afraid of her reaction, especially since uh, since I live in Israel now she's Israeli too she's jewish so although she she talks French as well and she was uh, she was. She originally lived in France, like me. She she herself believes that circumcision is a good thing, and I knew she had the, she had her sons and probably her husband circumcised. So I didn't know what to feel, and I, I was really afraid. But luckily, after 20 minutes, maybe she came back, and she she was crying and she hugged me. So I was really I felt really better. I felt weird because that was the first time that I talked about it to anyone, but I, I felt better. So that's how I opened up to it. And then later she helped me to open up uh, about it to my parents as well.
0: Hmm. Wow. Um, Yeah. I remember when I first, um, talked to my therapist. Uh, it was, uh, very similar to your first therapist. I think, Mm. uh, (laughs) he was, um, I think he may have been Jewish actually. Um, but more so he was just, he was American and, uh, circumcised and he thought it wasn't a problem and told me, told me that, you know, told me I should probably just forget about it and not think about it. And so I, I didn't, um, to talk to him anymore about that and um, I was and then I stopped seeing him shortly after that and I was really depressed I was I didn't know exactly what was going on but I, I couldn't sleep I was feeling suicidal um, I, I knew it was about circumcision I mean I was thinking about it all the time but I I, I just assumed it was because of the um, because I was circumcised and I was upset about that um and that was the reason and I didn't realize until two or three years later just going through that every day that I could actually get help and I went to um, my school and took this class called learning from trauma and after just a couple months of doing some exercises and uh, working through my feelings kind of um, just like a few hours a week I um, stopped stopped not being able to sleep I stopped feeling suicidal Stop being so depressed. And it was just amazing. Like, I just didn't even know that that amount of help was possible. Um, and it's, it's so sad that, like, therapists just don't know anything about it. And um, uh, I'd really like to um, actually create more awareness around that. And so, uh, if anyone listening to this podcast is interested, they can email me at jordanforgen.org. At and, um, I'm hoping to create some, uh, material out of the stuff that I've done in the past and out of some more, um, trauma work and to help, help men. And so if you want to you know, email me, see if, um, I might be able to help you or, um, when I create stuff in the future, I might have something to offer you, you know, uh, let me know, uh, jordan at fortune.org and, um, uh, I really hope that people get more help around this because, you know, um, I think the emotional side of it is just as important as the physical side of it. Um, and a lot of men don't realize that 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 we can help that side um, already. And so the other side, of course, is the physical side. And that's why we're here for Forigen. And, um, and you also recently started working at Forigen. And so, uh, could you kind of tell us about that and your journey at ForGen, and um, what you're doing now
1: uh, at ForGen? So I, like you said, I, it's only recently that I joined the ForGen staff. I I volunteered uh, to be a moderator in November. At the, end, uh, at the end of November, but I wasn't really expecting to get uh, an answer back. I wasn't expecting anything. And I was surprised when Tyler sent me a response and he seemed interested. Uh, so we, we exchanged uh, a few emails. While doing so, he also learned that I spoke French and Hebrew. And he seemed, also, uh, in addition to my moderation skills, he also he also seemed interested in my, in, in my translation. So he sent me a, a few documents that I translated to Hebrew for him and then later in French. And I also joined the, the, Red, the Reddit moderation team. Uh, and slow, slowly, I started to become more and more involved in moderation. And apparently he and Matthew liked like what I did, I did because now I have a, uh, now I'm pa- really part of the forging staff, even on, on the website. And they gave me the title of lead moderator as well as translation officer.
0: Awesome. That reminds me a lot of my own journey to forage joining last year. And, um, yeah really not thinking like i was I was good enough to do this podcast job, but um realizing you know well maybe they don't have you know um, uh-huh. a lot of help and we it's really true we can use all the all the help we can get and um the volunteers at Foragen are amazing um, and so um, first, I'd like to talk about your um work as a translator and kind of why that's important because I think that, um, you know, in here in America, it's it's clear that we need to inform people more about um, circumcision and why it's a problem and why the foreskin is valuable in order to get support for an organization like Foragen. Um, uh, but in Israel, I think it may actually be even worse and you know there isn't really an intactivist movement there that I know of Um, so I'm curious could you kind of tell us like what the current like if you try to talk to someone like what were their what's the current level of knowledge about foreskin and about circumcision and
1: I'm still trying to talk about circumcision to more and more people Uh, but I have a few experiences one was what uh, one was when I was uh, at school and I I talked to a girl that worked at MADA. It's uh, an emergency. Uh, she worked for the hospital at the emergency and talked to her about uh, foreskin and, well, just talked to her a bit, a bit about foreskin and just at the mention of the word foreskin, she immediately started to to tell how it uh, how circumcision prevented STDs and that it prevented uh, it prevented cancer and that it was uh, dirty not to be circumcised at the, and that anyone should be ashamed not to be circumcised because they w- weren't thinking about the health of the maybe potential woman they they would be with, with when they get married so i di- i didn't talk to her to cir- I didn't talk to her about circumcision anymore or foreskin or anything. And while listening to other, people, other people's conversation, I again, every mention of circumcision was to tell about the benefits, never anything else, and no one wants to talk about it. They feel almost afraid to talk about it
0: right so there's it's like there's like here sometimes when i talk about people about it they kind of say the same thing (laughs) that you just said but there's also some people especially younger people who like get it who like just get it immediately or who are open to it and once they start hearing stuff they start to understand it um but i think one thing that could maybe help is um, is this work in translation and getting documents like here in America? Again, we have these all these websites on it. We have Origin. We have different people um, putting out different videos about it on YouTube and things like that. So I'm wondering if, say, we had um, some documents that we could spread around somehow, um, and people could start to read and learn about this. Do you think? israeli people might be open to actually changing their minds if they could get that information
1: i think they would israeli people are rather open-minded we have uh, a few different cultures here Uh, so i think israeli people are open-minded they and having documents in hebrew could especially help because uh from what i had found uh when researching circumcision, the the first pages that come up either on uh, on internet or or while at the library researching circumcision, the what is available in Hebrew is mainly pro circumcision and shows the benefit, the religious benefits, the alleged uh, medical benefits, that it is dirty to have a, a foreskin, that it doing uh, removing the foreskin is better for the for the health of the men and is very considerate of the future potential woman so it's better to circumcise the boys as soon as we can so that we don't have to think about it anymore and uh, there are very few hebrew documents about uh, showing the downsides of circumcision or even talking about the the foreskin. Not many people know it even exists. Uh, They know it's cut off, but they don't know what what it does. So I think it could definitely help. And although many people here speak English, uh, I don't think uh, the majority of the people speak English at a sufficient level to understand scientific uh, documents.
0: I think, Another important thing is, um, you know, there's a few other languages that we still need. I just recently read that there's um, quite a few um, circumcised men in, in Mexico, um, and we don't have Spanish translation. Um, I know there's different African countries where it's high. Um, I think we do have Korean, Arabic, English, and French, is what we do have. Yes, but and
1: we're starting to get Turkish also.
0: Oh, awesome um so that's good because i know that they also have a pretty good rate but so um any 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 um language that we can get this in is basically helpful you know there's are at least a few circumcised people in in all different cultures and um if people do want to get more involved um i think we can link in the description or show notes uh, to sign up for translation and uh, everybody's welcomed. Is there anything that people should know if they want to become a translator and help out with this?
1: You don't have to be a, a professional. You don't have to have prior experience. All we want is motivated people that believe in 4Gen or at least believes in the in the goals 4Gen aims to achieve. And we just want uh, people motivated to translate you you have to be 18 years old but other and to speak of course uh an, another language not just English but if you if you speak another language and would like to help then you're welcome please join
0: awesome so and your other job is a moderator um on reddit could you kind of give us a rundown of like the daily what what do you do as a moderator what's your work entail
1: so daily i check every single message that is uh posted on the on our subreddit on Forgeon subreddit uh so it's mainly checking and also if people have questions uh then we try to the best we can to answer the answer the question that were asked. So those are the main two things. Also, if people are. If people start posting the same message over and over and over and over, then we we can also remove the the messages or if people just insult uh, other people's uh, other people on the subreddit for no reason then we can also remove their messages or if it's not the first time then we can ban them but most of the time it's just answer questions and talk with people check messages
0: right yeah i understand it's a it's a hard balance to you know if someone is posting something inappropriate we don't want to um ever you know exclude someone but like I read something recently on one, someone was talking about how someone had posted some strongly anti-Semitic things and that the solution to circumcision is just for everybody to convert to, um, I think Lutheranism or something like that. And I was like, yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely um, not really acceptable. <laughs> um, so I understand it's a, it's a interesting uh, balance. Um as in your work as a moderator, I know you also, as you said, you get a lot of the questions kind of repeatedly, and um, I'm wondering, is there anything people should know that you can just like, tell them once and for all, or is there any, um, anything you want to just tell people about, um, about the Reddit to kind of make our communication and our internal um, workings work better?
1: Yes. If you have any suggestions or questions, you can always feel free to post them on on our subreddit. Just one thing, if you want to to ask questions, I strongly advise you to first read the FAQ. You can find it either on the sidebar of our subreddit or on Virgin's website. Many questions are answered there. Uh, So... Probably at least part of your questions will be answered there. And also, if you have a, a bit more time, you you could check uh, Forgen's YouTube channel and search through their videos because als- also there is a lot of information there. Uh, there, is, there is also Forgen's blog. So if you have missed uh, a few newsletter or if Forgen wants to post more about something, you can find it there. So do a, just a bit of research because, before you ask your questions.
0: Awesome. Um, and I just, by the way, I, I heard you say that in the past and so I did read the FAQ today. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was good. Most, most of the stuff I already knew, but it was, it was good to get some uh, reminders and uh just hear about I love hearing about forage and, and our mission because it's exciting. Um and um on that note how has forage kind of affected you like working at Foragen? Like I know for me um for example I, I just um it, it kind of transformed my life like since I started working here. Um I actually became a lot more able to talk about this, which before I'd been hiding, I actually almost never talked about it before. And I talk about it a lot. And um, I started working through um, my psychological issues even more than I had before. And um, it's just, I'm I'm volunteering at Colorado Advocates for Body Integrity and Children's Rights now as well, which is a group here in Colorado that put on a showing of American circumcision, among other things. Um, So, it's been just amazing for me and motivating me. Um, so I'm curious if it's helped you in any other ways and how it's kind of affected, affected you.
1: I also feel like 4Gen really helped me to to motivate me. Uh, before I didn't really saw any point in the in getting home in the morning, I always felt depressed. And when I thought about circumcision, uh, in my head i had only two options be for circumcision and that didn't really make sense to me or be against circumcision and then what were what options did i have in my head the only option i had was to start foreskin restoration and that that was the only way that i could be against circumcision so i didn't feel like either options were for me so i always felt bad about circumcision and i i tried not to think about it but it only made it worse and i constantly thought about it so Forgen really helped me to see a reason to get up in the morning and to get better i i knew i wasn't great so i uh i i think 4 is the main thing that helped me Talk to my psychologist about circumcision because I I wasn't the I wasn't the only one who who thought that circumcision was bad and I wasn't the only person trying to fix it. And I also had proof that I was doing my best to to fix it. So for me, 4Gen really helped me open up to open up a, a bit more and to get myself better. I I always feel happy that I I although I'm against circumcision and I feel bad about it, I have something to I have something to do that hopefully will fix it.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Um that's awesome. Um Yeah. I, I definitely know the experience of it being um hard to get out of bed every day. And it's just like, there's so little you can do. I've done foreskin restoration for a long time and my skin grows very slowly. And so I have many, many more years left Um, if, if I had to wait for that. Um, And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's really um, a ray of hope and just doing something, you know, doing something is what helps men heal from trauma um, more than anything else um, mm-hmm. from what I've just learned from psychology. And so, um, yeah, it's really great to be able to take real action and know and, um, that we're moving forward. Um, so what would you say is your favorite aspect of working at 4
1: I would say the the people volunteering there are really amazing uh the people are amazing the The people supporting Fortgen are also great uh, A lot of people like to share their stories and share their viewpoints so it's always nice to hear and It's nice to be surrounded by people who who agree on some topics like circumcision most of most if not all of them uh, would agree that circumcision is a bad thing but it's nice to it's nice to see that despite that they agree on on this topic they can disagree on many many more topics and that everyone has their own life and own opinions and also everyone does mistakes sometimes so it's nice to be surrounded by people that feel real that are just that are not just ideas and ideals it's nice to be surrounded by like-minded people
0: yeah um they're definitely very real people i would agree with that you know we're imperfect human beings we all um we're all working incredibly hard on this issue like the passion that the people at and have is just amazing um but also we make a lot of mistakes and are imperfect and we're just doing the best that we can, um, you know, since, since day one. um,
1: Yes. And everyone is concerned, is concerned in getting better. So it's, it's always nice to be surrounded by people who like to do something.
0: Yeah. Everybody, everybody's like working is, Everybody who's um, a member of 4Gen is, you know, taking action, they're saying like, "That's, you know, I, I may not have any idea what I'm doing. I may never have hosted a podcast before, or <laughs> been a moderator for a, a biotech company, <laughs> but you know what? We'll we'll figure it out." And mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's uh, that's what we're all doing. Um, So, uh, one question that I, uh, really like to ask is, um, say it's, um, the foraging has just succeeded and foreskin regeneration is now possible for you, for all men. Mm. And, um, and now we can have our foreskins back. Uh, how do you feel, and what are you sort of most excited for about this this moment?
1: I have two things I'm really excited about. The first one is really obvious in my opinion that I personally would have my full skin back and that's great. But there is also the I also think that the fact that now any any man who is circumcised can change can change back to having a foreskin can revert back to having a foreskin and to have especially one made from his own DNA. I think it is really great and it will it will allow us to talk much more freely about circumcision. I think uh, the one of the main reasons why now we don't feel really safe for we don't really feel like we can talk about circumcision as much as we as we'd like to is that if we say that uh, if if we try to convince someone or to to give someone else our opinions on circumcision uh, if they change their mind and if they become against circumcision and they are circumcised themselves then we haven't really helped them because yes now they understand that circumcision is bad but now they will also f- maybe feel bad about themselves and it's not uh, it's not our goal to make people feel bad about themselves we just want to make the world better so having having gen or having the procedure available will mean that we can talk to those men or to re- relatives who who know circumcised people or to parents who have circumcised their sons. And they can understand that uh, if they want to, that circumcision is uh, maybe is not right, but there is something that, uh, that can be done. It's just not uh, a terrible thing, thing, an irreversible thing. We can really do something about it. It's freeing, I think.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, um, it really like when I found out that like um or started to kind of see like these improvements that foraging was making a year ago and the progress they've been making and um as well as in intactivism, you know the the documentary that's coming out, Eric's talk that's coming out, like all the things that are happening um, as well as as well as the work that I'm doing right now to create um more therapeutic opportunities um, for men you know, realizing that we can, we're really possibly getting close to both a physical and um, that psychological solution as well. Um, I hadn't really talked about circumcision with anybody for almost uh, six, seven years. Um, I'd talked to maybe three or four people, um, my significant other and my parents, and that was it. And I just like couldn't make myself do it. But when I realized like, it doesn't have to be like a death sentence. It doesn't have to be a, a end of the world thing to tell someone the truth about this because mm-hmm. it's possible that if if enough people realize it and are working towards a solution that we can actually find a solution. Um, and I mean, honestly, I think it's inevitable at this point that everybody's going to find out about the, the truth about circumcision. So um, now I, I just tell as many people as I as I can um, while well, I'm ride sharing, I'll just, you know, what do you do for a living? Well, I, I do this podcast about foreskin regeneration and then starts that conversation. And, um, it's usually very interesting. Um, and yeah, so I, I definitely agree with, with that point as well as the first point, you know, that's, I think that's why we're all really in this is we, we want our foreskins back, you know, it's just, um,
1: I think it mainly started that, uh, as a selfish thing. I think that we want, we personally want our first skins back. Uh, but then we also, we also very much would like for anyone who wants it to have their foscans back.
0: Yeah, yeah. After, especially after I got some psychological healing and felt a little bit better about my mm-hmm. own emotional state, I was um, much more able to start to care about other people and realize how much other people are hurting too and want to help them. Um, Yeah. Um, So yeah. uh, One last thing uh, I wanted to talk about um, was something that uh, I discovered when talking with you. And this is what I love about having conversations about this and having conversations in general. I think it's how we, um, how we, you know, spread information, how we empower each other, how we um, get new ideas and learn from each other. Um, I think that dialogue and conversation is how we're going to win at this topic. And we just need to keep on having those conversations. We also find out some really fun, interesting things sometimes. And um, so one thing we talked about was uh, uh, the meaning of my last name in Hebrew, which I had not been aware of. Um, so <laughs> could you explain that again? Like what, what are, um, yes. I,
1: I'm not sure that this would be the only meaning and depending on the, on how you, sp- you would spell it in Hebrew, there would be different examples, uh, different meanings uh, for the name. But if you write it in a certain way and it's pronounced the same, just arel. If you write it in a certain way, it could mean foreskinned. So in Hebrew, it's mainly used in the Bible or other religious texts, but it's described to, it describes men who have their foreskins. So most of the time it's uh, non Jewish people, or it's used to refer to non Jewish people.
0: Hmm.
1: So that's a potential meaning.
0: It may be um, superstitious of me, but I like to think that that's a sign that means something about the divine universe. I don't
1: know. I I thought it was really funny, so.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) At least a happy coincidence. Mm. (laughs) Awesome. Um, Cool. That's all the questions I have for you today. Um, I would like to thank you, Nathanael, for uh, joining me today. It's been great getting to know you and talk with you over the development of this podcast. And, um, yeah, thank you for all the work that you do at, at Forge. And it's, you know, without um, you, without our supporters, without all the other volunteers, you know, this wouldn't exist. This is, we're the ones who make it happen.
1: Um, and th- thank you too for having this podcast.
0: Ah, uh, thank you. It's uh my for pleasure wanting
1: to help other people.
0: Yeah, it's um it's a lot of work, but it's it's worth it. I would say. Um, yeah, and uh, also a special shout out to Brendan Murata who I got to meet recently. It was wonderful, and he gave me the name for this podcast and helped me a lot with the vision for it. And we will probably have him a guest sometime in the future. So uh, very much looking forward to that, Brendan. And uh, thank you for for all of your um, input into this. And also in the future, um, I'd, I'd like to uh, take any, you know, ideas that anybody has about the podcast, any feedback. Um, and again, if you're interested in, in therapy, please. Um, uh, there's both, I may have developed some kind of in-person program or else just an online program as well that you can do yourself. And so there's lots of different options. And, um, my email, uh, is for Jordan at 4gen.org. Um, so I'd love to hear from anybody about that. And yeah, thank you for watching and, uh, we'll see you next time.